Freya was refusing to follow any of the signals I had taught her. It wasn't as if she didn't know what I wanted. She just wouldn't cooperate. Nor did she want any of the fish I had in my hand. She pushed at my torso with her head, propelling me with her mouth, which remained obstinately shut. Her nearly 7,000 pounds of orca muscle directed me farther into the middle of the pool, farther from the safety of the perimeter. I dropped the fish, letting the food that would have been her reward sink to the bottom of the pool. I then used my freed hands and my body to try to deflect myself away from Freya to get out of her way. But that didn't work. She countered every move I made like a skilled soccer player, and I became the ball she was so nimbly positioning in her game. With her shut mouth and the beak-like tip of her rostrum, the anterior tip of her head, she pushed me right to where she wanted me, the center of the pool, as far as possible from solid ground and from the help of other trainers who were watching in horror from the sidelines. With a sudden slide, she looped beneath the surface, vanishing from my sight, but only for a moment. She came back at me from beneath, slowly and deliberately turning sideways to make contact with the left side of my body, first with her chest, then her stomach, her genitals, and her flukes, the huge fins that make up her tail. She stopped. Her right fluke was submerged, but her left fluke stuck out into the air just a foot or two away from my head. Was she going to strike me in the face? If she did, the force and weight could easily break my neck and kill me. But she decided to tease me some more, swirling around to face me, her blue eyes bulging wide and strained. Outwardly, I appeared calm, but I knew that Freya, with her hyper-acute sense of hearing, could detect that my heart was beating faster with anxiety. The rush of blood through my veins only increased as she continued to refuse to respond to every signal, including an attempt to draw her to the other side of the pool by way of a five-syllable emergency underwater tone set off by trainers on land. She was in charge now, and my fate was of her choosing. I was desperate for some inkling that she might still be willing to cooperate with me and the other trainers. But Freya wasn't playing. I could see it in her wide open, upset eyes, the red veins showing around the blue irises. The muscles of her back were tight. I recognized the sounds she was emitting. They were signs of an oncoming episode of aggression. She submerged in front of me to about three feet. The water was murky, but it was midday, so I could still make her out from where I floated in the pool. I kept eye contact with her, even as she was underwater. She was still upset. I knew what was coming. As calmly as possible, I told the trainer positioned closest to me on land to get ready to call the paramedics. Just then, I felt a suction beneath me. Freya had rolled sideways and finally opened her mouth. The underwater vacuum pulled me down even as she moved toward me. I felt her teeth pressing on my hip bones, just over the wetsuit. The entire width of the middle of my body was in her jaws, like a twig in a dog's mouth, one that could snap with just the wrong amount of pressure. To give some perspective, the largest great white shark ever caught weighed 5,085 pounds. Freya was more than 1,000 pounds bigger. She pulled me underwater but chose not to puncture me before releasing the grip of her jaw. 
I floated back to the surface facing her. I had both hands on her, but she went under and rolled again. She came at me once more, grasping me in her jaws, pulling me under a second time before releasing me, allowing me to float upward. I knew that this could well become a pattern. I'd seen it happen before when orcas would toy with birds that had strayed into their pools, or when they turned on their trainers. She might come back to drag me under again and again until I became unconscious in the water from the repeated dunking, but I was determined not to die. At the surface, I kept my cool and asked one of the trainers on land to once again produce the emergency recall tone. Originally devised for emergencies, it was a signal for the whale to stop everything, leave behind the trainer in the water, head toward and focus on a trainer on land, and put their chin up on the pool's rim to await the next set of instructions. Freya had ignored the tone when we first tried it, but this time, she chose to follow it. I instructed the trainer to be ready to use her whistle, which Freya would recognize as a positive sign that she was doing the right thing, and to put a hand into the water, a behavioral stimulus and powerful message to Freya to stay at the perimeter so she wouldn't head back for me. I told the trainer to have a bucket of fish beside her so that she could immediately reward Freya when she heeded those signals. Whales are zealously aware of the rituals of reward, and we had trained them to recognize a whistle as a precursor to a reward and a human hand as a symbol that had to be heeded. This time Freya accepted the food. She had finally deigned to be rewarded.